This episode of Inside Voices is sponsored by Lecky Scotland. You can build inquisitive and positive mindsets towards maths with Primary Maths for Scotland. It's a whole school scheme developed specifically for Curriculum for Excellence. With teacher guides, textbooks, assessment packs, it provides everything that teachers need. You can find out more about this by visiting leckyscotland.co.uk. Welcome back to another episode of Inside Voices, a teacher podcast made by teachers for teachers. I'm your host, David. And I'm Laura. And remember, in here, we use our inside voices. So this week, we're going to be talking about teacher workload and how to balance all of the pressures that are increasing at the moment. So first question, Laura, how has your teacher workload, or has it even increased? And how has it, if it has? I think... It has increased, but in different ways. Like, obviously, we've not been teaching that long, right? This is our fifth year teaching. When I started, my the majority of my workload came from planning because I didn't know the curriculum very well. Okay. And I had to work out what I wanted to teach, how did that fit into second level, all of that. But marking didn't take me as long. I also only had like 24, 23 students in my first class. Small class, it was a composite, so I taught, mm-hmm. if you don't know what composite is, it's a split class, I think they call it in other countries, or split grade. I taught two different year groups at once. Sounds like it would be really complicated, actually very straightforward, sometimes more straightforward than a kind of straight class. But obviously with that, the workload isn't as much on marking. Now I've got 30, so the the marking, even by that six or seven jotters, makes a massive difference you know if you're right marking a writing piece and everyone's written two or three pages yeah i noticed that when we taught we had both co-taught and we had a really small class that year the workload for marking was taking me like half the time and planning remember we and were planning. just like oh just chuck that in the plan and we would have the same plan yeah like if we were um, sitting there talking we're like oh let's do this next week mm-hmm. and i would say right okay can you write that down then and then we had like a shared plan yeah rather than typing out ourselves every week it was so much so much quicker mm-hmm. so are you kind of clued into like what people would speak about in terms of workload increases in the last like 20 years in the profession are you kind pa- of paperwork you think it's paperwork? Everything is documented, like okay. every single thing, and for good reason, but every single thing is documented. Every single thing has a bit of paperwork to go with it. Mm. There is a bit of paperwork, I feel, for almost everything you do. And I don't know if it's just in my probation year, I was so keen to do everything and be like, yes, 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 that sounds great, that sounds great. And I would just pile on everything yep. and be like, it's a learning curve, it's this, it's that, you know, it's a good opportunity to learn this and how it works. But I swear we didn't do as much paperwork as we do now. Mm, interesting. I, I read online as well that one of the things that is raising or has raised workload that people are concerned about is the way that education is so data-driven now. Yeah. So like you go back 20 years and it really wasn't data-driven in the way that it is now. Mm-hmm. In terms of Scotland, we call it raising attainment, whatever it is in your country, I'm not sure. But everything is documented i think it's even more intense in england to be yeah. honest um because they've got sats don't they yeah so and like i think they they mark the sats themselves whereas in scotland we do snsas so and they're online they are marked yeah they're marked online yeah. so we do them that's our standardized testing for primary one four and seven but they're marked and then we get the data back we still have to input it but like, I think into like, other things but but generally like you think about it and our teaching career we have to do you know data for well-being mm-hmm. 
which probably wasn't done back in the day, you know, 20, 30 years ago. You didn't no. do wellbeing surveys and things like that and all your shenari. So in Scotland, your shenari indicators, your girfet, getting it right for every child, all that's come in yep. in the last 20 years, which is new. Um, you do data for all, you know, curricular areas. You do your um, tracking, like, tracking meetings where you track the levels of all the children. Um, you have data for, like, what else do you have data for? <laughs> I can think of any other examples. Two examples. Like, yeah, two examples. Work no, load. but I know you mean everything is <laughs> measured or measurable uh-huh. now. Whereas before it might have just been like, okay, they got a level F and they're reading and that's it. Yeah. But then also a lot of it is, okay, here's your data. Then what are you going to do to improve that data? Yeah. Which then means CPD for yourself to work out how to support those children better, support those learners better. So it's a lot of what are you you personally going to do? And whilst Mm -hmm. your school supports you and they'll put on CPD for the whole school, you know, based on what is it, what's in the improvement plan, what do you need to work on? There's still things that personally as an educator you need to work on. And then the responsibility is put on you personally to go and uh, go and sort it. But that's so time consuming and it's, CLPL is a big part of what we do, of course, but it's something that I think just makes the workload quite overwhelming sometimes. Yeah, I mean, we, we're we kind of used to it because we're, yeah. it's always been the way for us. And to be fair, in the last couple of years, there has been a big push to re- reduce teacher, teacher workload. workload. Yeah. Whether that is just lip service or not, I don't know. Because you can't, you have to measure it over time. Yeah. But, and we're talking from like government level, whether it's lip service or not, but like there has been initiatives and things to reduce teacher workload and we'll see if that impacts at all. But in our case, like it's always been like this. I'm talking about like teachers that have been teaching for 20, 30 years and they are coming out and categorically saying, no, this is not what it used to be like. Yeah. And all these initiatives are great and you know, I fully stand behind the fact that a teacher should be up on their professional learning. Yeah. A teacher should be using data to drive their, like, It should be success. reflective. Yeah, it yeah. should be reflective, absolutely. They should totally be using data to drive success in their class for the best. Or, like, you can use data in such great ways to get the best out of your learners. Mm-hmm. For example, we use, like, Sumdog. And, yep. again, not sponsored, but if you want to sponsor us, <laughs> feel free. Again, they give you reams of data on everything that... Now, I could use all of that and it would take all of my time or I can pick little bits and be like, okay, now I can see what times tables they know uh-huh. and I can use that in a much more targeted way than I would have been able to yep. 20 years ago. So there are good points to it and you're totally behind it. But I think what you mentioned there is all of the things that are new take a lot of time and I don't think people fully recognise yeah. that. One I- thing I don't know if you've engaged in it recently, I know you're doing your master's, is practitioner inquiry. Yep. Oh, you did one last year. Yeah, that's that was the play in upper school. Is the yes. reason, well, um, not the reason behind it. I'm not <laughs> your, your own horn, why don't you? <laughs> but that was something I focused on, which is now in our practice. It's in my practice and your practice. Mm-hmm. I looked at play in the upper school and I was measuring the impact on kind of independence and task completion rates. Um, originally focusing on kind of a target group and then the sort of yeah. wider class set how many tasks can we get through but realistically right just to cut you off sorry but realistically if you weren't doing that for a course because we were doing it for a a leadership course if you weren't doing that for a course would you have been able to fit that in no 
I don't think I would no. have either. But also, we were when we did that course, we were leaving at three o'clock every Monday to get there because we had to travel to that course. So we were leaving at quarter past three. Yeah. And then doing that course, so you were dedicating the time to it. You were already there, so you were like, right, okay, I know what uh-huh. I'm doing. And then a lot of it was measuring stuff in the class that I was already, I was doing it anyway. Yeah. Um. So it wasn't like additional workload. Whereas if I was sitting parking until half past four and then had to go home and do that, uh-huh. I would be so exhausted and so switched off from it. I feel like sometimes something I was really bad at or bad for in my probation year was I would literally be exhausted exhausted and I had this thing in my head that on a Friday to be fair I still am kind of like that I'm gonna say on exhausted that sounds <laughs> <laughs> on a Friday relatable. I would stay until every single resource for the week ahead was prepped like in my labeled drawers every bit of photocopying was done what you're saying is you were a type A every, teacher I know can you believe it but it just in my head it made me feel better knowing that on Sunday night, I'm going to sit there and know I've got every resource I need for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and I wouldn't leave until that was done. So I was staying till like six, half six on a Friday night to do all of that. And even though I was exhausted and probably not even producing the best work because I was so tired, but I was like, no, you're staying and getting this done. Whereas now if I get to four o'clock and I've got three jotters left, I'm like, I'm getting nothing out of this. Yeah. The children aren't getting the best version of me. They're not getting what they need from me. There is no point in me staying here and doing these last three jotters whilst I'm knackered. I'm not really taking it in. I'm not noticing the things they need to work on. So I'm not really writing it down because I'm so exhausted. I can't read anymore. Mm-hmm. I just go home. I'm like, you need to go and reset. She's in her boundaries. And come back. Uh, because the children aren't getting anything from me yeah. if I'm not giving it my efforts as well. And I used, that would beat me up. Like that, I would be so annoyed at myself if I did that yeah. before. Whereas now I'm like, it's literally becoming a task where it's pointless for me and it's pointless for the children because I'm too tired for this and I need to go. Obviously you need to work through being tired sometimes. Like yeah. I'm not saying when I came in at half past seven this morning, I was wide awake and you know bright eyed and bushy tailed and ready yeah. to go. But it was a slow start to the morning. I got done what I needed to get done, but there's no point in sitting staring at my screen going, I'm so tired, I can't focus on anything. Yeah, and I think that's the effect that increasing workload can have on people. Yeah. And it, what you mentioned there is really interesting that sometimes it needs a strict boundary to get you out. Like we have this thing down in our base where we like on a Friday we shout a time. I don't know if you've done this before. <laughs> we shout there's three of us in the base and we will walk down and be like, four o'clock. And like we all have to be out the base by four o'clock. Yeah, that's and a good have idea. Have you heard of us doing that? No. It's actually quite good because then we're all like, like if I'm marking, they're all like, come on, come on, it's, it's five, three, get yeah, up. it's like five minutes to four, it's five minutes to four, come on, let's get out. And actually it gets you motivated because sometimes we talk about it, we're like, we're not even working, we're just sitting chatting. Yeah. And there's like... Guilty. Sometimes you do that all the time as a teacher, but um, relatively most of the time you're, you're sitting trying to get through stuff yeah. that you maybe just don't need to 100% get through. And that can be the impact of a, a lack of motivation, a lack of interest in the thing that you're doing as well. Yeah. So you kind of hinted to it that increasing workload can actually impact well-being to a certain extent yeah. and motivation. We spoke about that as well. And I, I read online that teachers within their first five years, the likelihood of them, this is a statistic, I can't remember where I got it, but the likelihood of them staying in the profession has dropped from 72% to in 2022 to 55%. Whoa, that is a, wow, so, that's a big decline. I know. And it, it's quite a significant decline. I suppose it's motivation so you could catch people on the wrong day. So the statistics are maybe a little yeah. bit warped. Okay, yeah. But 
a 20% drop off yeah, from people in their first five years not wanting to stay in the profession. That's half of teachers want to remain teachers now. Yeah. Um, what is that all about? I mean, generalizing a little bit here, um, presuming that some of the teachers, new career teachers who are coming in are kind of that, there's a generational difference where well-being now is a priority as mm-hmm. it should be, whereas in that kind of generation before it was you work and you work and you work that's what you do you work you go home you work you go home like that's whereas now you know people our age have are okay with setting boundaries and are okay with saying no and are actually okay with saying do you know what i'm not putting my well-being above a job mm-hmm. however teaching to be a teacher you have to care about the people who are in front of you the children who are in front of you yeah and I think we're all guilty of putting their well-being before ours sometimes. Because, yeah. But you can't pour from an empty cup. You hear that all the time. You cannot possibly keep giving to others without taking care of yourself. Yeah. And I think sometimes the issue with teachers is that teachers get in their head, you're then not doing enough for the people in front of you, so you're not doing a good job and you know, other teachers wouldn't be saying no to this. So your students aren't getting the best education they can because you're not giving this every Mm. inch that you can. But you know what? I'm okay with that because some days are better than others. I have off days. I have days where I've had an hour's sleep the night before and I'm not feeling well and I cannot physically give any more than I am. And that just exhausts you. You cannot do that every day. Yeah. You cannot possibly put others and your students included in that before yourself every single day. And I think that's becoming, like I said, a generational shift where we're okay with saying that and we're okay with saying no. And we're okay, well, we're okay with saying no. Um, I say yes to pretty much everything. <laughs> I've never heard you disagree. But <laughs> she says yes but to everything. We also we we do you know hear now all about like had you heard the statement self care ten years ago, five years ago? No. No, when I was twenty, self care. What was that? Your skincare routine. Like you, you didn't know what that was. Whereas yeah. now. There's also such, like, if your cortisol levels are high, right? That's wow. your stress. Oh, she's, she's going yeah, scientific. She's going scientific here. <laughs> scientific stress, Barbie. But if your stress, <laughs> scientific Barbie. <laughs> but if your stress hormones are high, it affects yeah. so much of your just being. And I mean, you'll notice that when you're stressed at work and you're going through a time where you're like, there's so much to do. I had this a couple of weeks ago. I had so much on, and then my observed lesson was in the middle. And it's not that being observed, I just get nervous for it anyway. It doesn't matter who it is sitting in mm-hmm. front of me. It totally upsets the balance of your brain. Like it completely does yeah. it. It throws everything off. Yeah. So that self-care aspect of what our generation are pushing is just not, I wouldn't have known how to get out of that slump five years ago. Yeah. I'd be like, what do I do? I'm just going to sit in this mess and be like this for months. Whereas now, you know, you look and it says, okay, take a screen break or do something you love, go for a walk. Like yeah. all those things you can do to help yourself that I don't think were... No. But people in general wouldn't speak about their well-being 20, no. 30 years ago. It was very much a private matter that you dealt with on your own, whereas now it's not like yeah. that. And I think it's important to note at this point we're talking surface level stuff. Yeah. You know, we're talking a, a busy day or a stressful week or, you know, even behaviour issues in your class can still be surface level stuff. Obviously, people out there are dealing with 
tougher situations yeah. and we've never want to speak to that in that sense so when we're talking about you know workload piling on and we're just talking about the the daily stresses of the job yeah. the, not the like kind of, light yeah not life situations 100 percent, yeah because we would never speak to that when we've not experienced it ourselves but what you know i think it's kind of summarize what you're saying there there's two things that happen with teachers number one there's uh a self I don't know how to put it. I think like a self-critical aspect of it. Yeah, teachers have this kind of almost this. Teachers have this self-imposed idea that everything has to be perfect a yeah. lot of the time, and also, I think there's been a glamorization of teaching online. Now, we are online and yeah. we are part of that. To be fair, to be frank, but I mean, quite often I'll put a video on and it's. It's it's the nice bits of the day. Yeah, and it's I'm not going to post a thing on TikTok and that be like, just didn't work. Or just be like, I was so grumpy today. I woke up and I did this and I shouted when I shouldn't have shouted. You're not going to post that online. No. So that's that. I mean, doesn't I posted online. a video of a day in the life like last week or a couple of weeks ago where I was actually, and it was in my drafts for ages because I was uh -huh. like, I'm not going to post this. And it was, it was filmed that day that I had my observation because I thought, you know what, that would be a nice insight to put up yeah. um, about observations and how that works in teaching because someone actually commented who was a police officer and they were like you get observed like that's such a strange concept to me because <laughs> obviously in other jobs you forget that people don't come and watch you do your job yeah, yeah. like it is actually when you think about it a really strange concept because yeah. no other job like I can imagine my husband sitting there like writing his emails you know doing his sales <laughs> and then someone comes in and looks over his shoulder and is like are you writing that email correctly yeah. let me watch how you do this you know it just doesn't happen in other jobs but I posted that and I was quite real and I said, you know, I was feeling absolutely rotten this week. Anyway, and I was quite honest in it. And the first comment was just someone po who said, thank you for just posting something realistic. Mm -hmm. And so that way I was like, I'm glad I posted this now. Because if this could have made someone else see, see all these teachers you see on social media who have the beautiful classrooms and all the flexible seating. Like, don't get me wrong. I'll tidy up my room sometimes to be like, make it look a little bit neater. Yeah. That's fine. All these lovely flexible seating areas and they've got all their marking done and these lessons, these books are so neat. These things are, you just need to tell yourself that like you said, that's the best bits yeah. you're seeing of that. And it's not to make people feel bad. It's to try and yeah. support people you know like i'm showing you this lesson idea but i don't do this every day no and i think we, we we have to keep in mind that comparison is the thief of joy oh totally and when it comes to teaching you can compare yourself to so many people online that are doing all these amazing things and i do it as well I, like i do it all the time but actually the main thing is to just focus on you know the things that have gone well in your classes this week and someone commented on one of my videos once and i can't remember who it was so i can't tag them but they commented saying and i think it's a really good idea that at the end of the week um they wrote down three things that they thought went well yeah i think and then they focus on that thing next week just one of those things i think it was something like that and it was in the context of you know new things coming into teaching all the time mm -hmm. and she just wrote down three of the things that she'd implemented and one of the things that she was going to keep doing uh, That's because a good it idea. went well and i thought that was kind of a good wee tip yeah because when we compare ourselves to other people, we can start to um, reduce our own value. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really detrimental to your own teaching career. If you're a teacher in your first or second year, you're not going to be anywhere near as good generally as someone who's been teaching for 20 yeah. years, as someone who's been teaching for 25 years who has done it successfully. And yep. so to compare yourself to someone like that is unfair, um, and especially online as well. Um, leading on from that, a big crisis at the moment we kind of mentioned it at the start there with the one in, uh, sorry, the 
the teachers that have been teaching for five years. Teacher retention rate oh. is an all-time an all-time low. Yep. That's not and surprising. It's not surprising. It really isn't. So essentially in England, it's a little bit different than Scotland. But in England, I was reading online in an article that um, people applying for jobs is up. Um, so there's more people applying yep. for jobs and there's more competition for jobs, which is difficult for people coming out of mm-hmm. university. I think it's similar in Scotland and people aren't retiring as early either so I think after Covid they expected a lot of people would just retire in Scotland that didn't happen I don't know what the case is in England Um, I don't know if retirement figures are up in England but certainly what is happening is that there's less people staying within the profession Mm -hmm. lifelong so the idea was basically you know years ago you would become a teacher and you would do that for 40 34 years and that was you that was your career now that's slightly different because there's lots of people coming out of university older mm-hmm. and they're coming to it later in life. There's lots of people coming into the profession for f- four or five years and thinking, well, this isn't for there's me. There's transferable skills there that all. I can go and use somewhere else. Yeah, And that's something new as well. There's transferable skills. So when I went into university to do teaching, in my head it was to become a teacher. And I had a conversation with a girl once at university. She won't remember having this conversation, but she, she was like, I don't want to become a teacher. I was like, why on earth <laughs> why are you, are you here? doing teacher training then? And I can't remember what job she went on to do, but it certainly wasn't teaching. Like yeah. she didn't become a teacher. I can't remember whether she worked in a firm or whatever it was she did. But there is a lower retention rate of mm-hmm. teachers. Do you think workload has something to do with that? I think so. And I think also as a teacher, your time is just being squeezed from every single angle possible yeah if you can do something you will be doing that thing but if you do you know like and it's a lot of the time you're trying to you're always wanting to give this is what i was referring to earlier you're always wanting to give the best for your children so i think that's why teachers feel bad saying no because you care so much for these people sitting Mm. in front of you and not even just the, the children in your class you care so much for the wider school community like you know that's why we run extracurricular clubs. That's yeah. why we do lunchtime clubs and after school clubs. And that's why you go to the extra effort to do these things for your school because you care so deeply about those in it. And I think sometimes from a sort of government standpoint, you know, you always hear people say and jokingly say, you don't teach for the wage, you teach for the reward. And OK, yes, but I got to pay the bills. Yeah, and you know, people will come comment on this and say teachers are paid well for you know being off for half the year, haha. <laughs> don't get no, please don't stop for working nine, again. for working nine to three, haha. <laughs> no, stop. But you will get people that will come and say, oh, but you just you just do it because of, of the rewards. It's a lifestyle. Mm, that's not really going to fly. Is the attitude now? Because again. It's not especially that it's a, if we're not if we're getting master's degrees and, and things like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like, not that it's a, you don't. It's not that it's a money-driven thing now, but I think people are also really good at recognising their value now mm-hmm. and saying, you know, I am soon to be a master's trained level pro- professional. Yeah. And if you were out doing a corporate job with a master's degree specialising in something, I can tell you're getting a heck of a lot more money than I am. Yeah. <laughs> like, you are. And... I think people recognise those transferable skills and recognise their value yeah. a lot more and the retention rates could be down because of that. But also 
teaching sometimes surface level isn't what you think it's going to be. So you get into it and realize, whoa, this is because student teaching is really hard, but you don't actually see the behind the scenes that often. Because, you know, you sit with your teacher and then you you get that advice and then your teacher turns around and is on their laptop. Yeah. You don't see what they're doing. So you don't see the report writing and the meetings and the phone calls and the staff meetings and the paper. You don't see all of that. Mm-hmm. So when you get into it with a class of your own, you kind of go, what on earth is all of this? Like, I thought I just planned lessons, marked and went home. Yeah. You're like, what's going on with all these extra things that I have to do as part of this job? It's not what people think it's going yeah. to be. I said... You know, I, I do think money drives a lot of things as well that yeah. people could be getting more for doing less or people be getting, you know, the same for doing less mm-hmm. and less stress. It's a job you take home with you. You never really turn off from it. I would say when you're on holiday, you notice it because it takes you like October week is always a, an example <laughs> for me because yeah. by the time we get to like the Thursday of the October week off, you I'm like, normal oh, again. Yeah. I can, I, my head isn't buzzing with a million thoughts. And you're like, oh, I've got three days off left. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, summer's really the only time and two-week holidays is the only time where you truly turn off from things. Yeah. At the weekend, you're still going, right, okay, but I've got that to do, this homework to do and this and that. And, you know, whereas sometimes you just close your laptop at the end of the day and you're like, see you later. Five yeah. o'clock, I'm off. I think <laughs> it's a really good point. I think um, it's something that I never really turn off from. And that does take, apart from maybe the summer holidays and maybe the Easter holidays, because they're a little bit longer, and that does take a toll on mm-hmm. you. And to be honest, I'm speaking from a place of no family, you know, mm-hmm. no wife, no children, no dog. I don't even have a dog. I literally have <laughs> zero Doesn't responsibilities. Even have a goldfish. <laughs> no goldfish. Like, I go home and I can basically do what you want. What yeah. I want. And that obviously is not going to be, well, hopefully, not the, like, for everyone, that is not the case. Mm hmm. So I'm speaking from a place where I don't know what it's like to go home and have to, you know, pick up the kids from football and drop them here and pick them up from grands or do their homework at night, get their reading done, do the whole nighttime routine, then think about you and then think about the work that you've got to do. And I still take, like, still have work to think about when I go home. Yeah. So pile that up on top of all the other stresses of life. I understand why teachers, a lot of people can't keep up that pace. Mm -hmm. Like it is a lot. And some people, something's got to give. Like yeah. quite often, um, people's well-being gives. Yeah. Or quite often, family time gives, and yeah, that's not great. Yeah, something has to be. And something has compensated to, yeah, for. Exactly. Um, or you know, you deliver less than the quality that you would like to deliver in school uh, for a period of your life. And and that's understandable as well. So I think there's massive implications of workload increases on teachers Mm -hmm. being retained within the profession as well. I mean, I think you could go into a lot of different things. Wage, you could go into behavioural changes in the last decade. It's not just just teachers in schools, though. It's everybody who works in a school who is being pulled in every single direction. And... It is everybody that's yeah. in that. You know, it's catering staff, it's yeah. janitorial staff, it is asnas, it's head teacher. Like everyone is their time. If you have a minute of it, we're taking it. Like if yeah. you have anything and it's it's everyone in that school environment. So I think you're right. Everyone who's in that building understands how you're feeling. And I said that's very you know, we're talking about surface level here, just the workload, never mind the stresses of home life on mm-hmm. top of all of that. You don't need to share that aspect because obviously it's very private and that's something yeah. that you can you can if you need to share, if you feel closely enough or comfortable enough with people in your school to share. But 
everyone in a school understands what it's like at the minute. And I said, we're kind of almost used to it, which might be quite a, a sad fact for people listening yeah. to this, that we're sitting here saying, oh, I'm used to having being pulled in a hundred different directions because that's just what I've come into the the profession as mm-hmm. being. And it's something we're kind of not okay with necessarily all the time, but it's something that we're used to. And people might be listening to this going, oh my goodness, they've got another 30 years of this, 40 years of this. <laughs> and I could honestly not fathom doing this job for 30 years. For 30 years. It's a bit of a young man's game, isn't it? I think I would be, like, I'm already like a permanently exhausted <laughs> pigeon. Like, what what, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I actually couldn't fathom it. I, I don't think I've got it in me. And it's a shame because I love the job. I, I love this job. Like, yeah. I could not sit in an office and type out analytic stats, you know, yeah. for a banking firm. Like, I, I couldn't do it. No, and I'm the same. That's why I never became an accountant. Because... Because every day is different. Yeah, yeah. I, I like a bit of a laugh. I like a challenge. I like I like my cl- like yeah. laughing with my class. I like even when they come out with you know insults and ask why you've got dirt <laughs> on your face, but it's your unblended makeup. You know, it's <laughs> it's funny. Those things are what you cling to to enjoy yeah. the job. I think so. I, I think you know you've mentioned something there in the last thing that you were saying, um, and that you sometimes don't get to enjoy the little things. Yeah when your workload is piled up and you can get a little bit stressed and things uh, like that. And I feel that as well, that sometimes my mind is so taken up with other things, like all the other plates that I'm spinning, that I'm missing the class that's in front of me sometimes. Yeah. Do you ever feel that? Like, yeah, you're yeah. like I never even spoke to that child today. Uh-huh. Like, I never even caught a minute with them because I was thinking about everything else I was having yeah. to do. But then you beat yourself up about it when you go home. Totally, yeah. Because there was a time a couple of weeks ago it was one of the children's birthdays and I forgot to sing happy birthday at the end of the day because it was just we were given something out or I can't uh-huh. remember what it was and they never said anything and I felt so guilty <laughs> I felt like the worst person on the pla- on planet earth yeah. like I felt so so bad and so you first, should I know I, I know <laughs> first thing in the morning I was like I am so sorry but we'll sing it like, please don't Get let me forget again. happy birthday yeah. <laughs> like, right, right away but do you know it's that's such a minor thing and but yeah. I felt so bad like I felt so guilty that yeah. said it's those little and things that, you forget to enjoy right there that guilt <laughs> is the currency isn't it yeah like what you were speaking about earlier that is the currency the currency is the goodwill of teachers yeah and school staff when we talk about teachers but school staff in general oh yeah like uh, classroom assistants who are worth their weight in 100 percent gold they those people are to be cherished and loved and deserve the best things on planet earth because they (laughs) are incredible so incredible yeah fully agree i mean the the currency is we rely on teachers goodwill and rely on teachers wanting to do the job well or yep. to the best of their ability and that they will go over and above. And most teachers do, I would say. Most teachers that I've come into contact with will always take that extra step for the good of the students. And I think the reason why, for me anyway, is it's almost like a payback thing. So like you pay it forward or you pay it back. Like someone did that for me. Someone took the fo- school football team when I was young, so I'm going to do the same yep. for them. Or someone took the choir when I was young, so I'm going to do the same for them. Or someone went that extra mile for me and it made a difference. So I want to do that for mm-hmm. that child. And that's great. That is fantastic. But you lose that when you pile the workload on teachers. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You lose that goodwill. And once that goodwill's gone, which I don't think it has in teaching, I, I think it's still there. Yeah. And I think it will be there for a long time. But if you lose that goodwill, then teaching becomes quite a mechanical yeah. process. And you lose all the good stuff. You lose the school shows, you lose the choirs, you lose the football tournaments, you lose like all the extra, you lose those moments with the children mm-hmm. Because some of the joy has been sat from it. So I think that's one of the dangers yep. of increasing workload. I don't think we're at that point. No. But I no, think that I is think, the point you get to. But I don't know if you'll ever lose that because people doing this job love it and you have to love it. Teach health and well-being with confidence with Happy Healthy You, a health and well-being resource designed specifically for curriculum for excellence. With editable lesson plans, PowerPoints and resources, Happy Healthy You provides teachers with everything they need for a comprehensive health and well-being approach across the school. Topics are built up progressively and are an age-appropriate level for all of your learners. Visit leckyscotland.co.uk to request a sample for your school. You can also save 20% off your purchase by using the code INSIDEVOICES. If you've been enjoying listening to the podcast, please leave a five-star positive review wherever you listen. It's now time for Telling Tales. Kids are always telling tales, so now it's our turn. What is your tale of the week? My tale of the week this week, right, this is such a first world problem. I've finally been chucked out of my mum's Netflix. Oh, also side note, my mum and my nephew listen to this podcast together and I always said I was going to say hi to him because he listens to it. My nephew is in primary five. That's cute. Hello Leland, if you're listening to this, (laughs) he wants to feel like he's, you know, Uh on the TV. So hello. Anyway, I've finally been chucked out of my mum's Netflix account. I have been using it. Yeah, Netflix, you caught me, right? (laughs) hands up you got me but you have sucked the joy out of my evenings because now I don't know where I was in Gilmore Girls <laughs> I've rewatched it about seven times however I would love to know what specific episode I was on mm-hmm. at what specific time now I don't know not only are you charging me to watch your shows and I have to pay for it myself like How an adult they? I know how shocking. I also now don't know where I was in all of my shows. I don't know what movies I've watched. I don't know where I am in my episodes. And See if you're going to kick me out. At least give me the option to get that data back. Like, can I just say, right, okay, a, a you got me. or a know, message. And I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to say I'm on holiday right now. <laughs> I will pay you. But I want my data of where I am in my shows. <laughs> yeah, that five nine. was it, 5 What do they charge nowadays? Oh, it's actually quite expensive I was surprised like thank you mum <laughs> for all those years I don't think years. she even watches Netflix that's the thing and then she's been chucked out of my Disney Plus so I feel like it's kind of uh, okay. you know but you know the person who is on is the lead household of Netflix isn't even my mum because my father-in-law watches it so often that he is down as like the you main just outed him. he's going to get kicked off now I've as already well. told him it's fine he's down as the main person because he's the one who watches it the most so I messaged Daniel, I was like, he's working down south. And I was like, can you still go on Netflix? He was like, yeah, it's working. I was like, why are you the main person on this? Anyway. Oh, and I think that's just everything. That, I think that just speaks to everything that's wrong with the culture at the moment. Such a first world problem. But I want my Gilmore Girls details. They're just money grabbing. They're just being so corporate. <laughs> I want my, I want my, yeah. And also, where did Legally Blonde go? That's my other thing. Where did it go? Where did Legally Blonde go? I've never actually seen that. <gasps> I know. I've never seen it. I know some quotes and things because people quote it all the time, but I've never seen okay, it. Okay, yeah, but I, I, just, want, I want it back. Cool. I just don't think it would be up my street, to be honest. I think you'd like it. Okay. I'll, I'll, well, I can't get it now on Netflix, <laughs> no, can you I? Can't. <laughs> and you're not using my account because it's mine now. <laughs>
So obviously we've spoken quite a bit about increasing workload. I think, to be honest, we're not reinventing the wheel here. Like every teacher probably knows that workload is up. Yeah. I don't think that's news to anyone. Uh, no. And I think probably a lot of people know that it impacts well-being and a lot of people know it probably impacts teaching and um, lessons as well. I don't know, maybe. Maybe that's news to some people. But, I mean, is there anything that you do from setting boundaries and things that we've spoken about Mm -hmm. is there anything particular that you do that reduces your workload which maybe some people could put into practice tomorrow you spoke a little bit about kind of data and gathering data and things there's lots out there that you could do now to assess where the data is instantly gathered for you you don't need to do it so things Mm. like your sum dog assessments they have pre-made assessments that if you have a sum dog platform you can go and use a lot of these programs have things like that or you know you can go on to microsoft and instead of putting your assignment where they're typing out a response and a bit of paper where you have to then go through and mark it put your criteria onto an assignment on microsoft and have it be marked for you and get your data back because you put in what you're looking for yeah technology marks it for you your data is generated you don't need to work out all your percentages like mm. little things like that help i find um when it comes to you know if you're doing so we've just finished area for example i could do an area assessment where i have to mark every single one or i can go on some dog for that one and they can answer the same questions online and i get the data instantly yeah. and i don't need to mark it um but also this year i do or i've tried to do a lot more live marking so mm, yeah, whilst they're fan. working, I'm going round and I'm ticking. Like I'm just going, oh, let me have a little look because you're you're doing it anyway. You're going round and saying, let me just check you're getting it right. But whereas before I would kind of stand over them, look, be like, okay, and I move on to the next person. Now I'm like literally taking my pen going, excuse me, like going <laughs> in and literally marking it as they go. But also that's quite good because I can say, oh, take another look at that one. Live feedback. And they can instantly go and say, oh, I probably shouldn't snap in the mic. That's going to be really loud. But they can then go back to it and I can see yeah. their sort of thinking and their process of how do I fix that, which is quite nice because sometimes there's not time to visit corrections. Yeah. Um, so that's a, a, something that I would really recommend if you're not live marking. You don't need to do it for everything. But if your class are settled and you're not being yeah. pulled in a million different directions, live marking has saved me. And there's something so satisfying about your jotters being piled up and you've live marked. Every single one. Like 95% of it. There's maybe a couple questions you need to go back and mark. Mm. Um, or like you need to add a little comment or something. Yeah. But knowing you've done... 95% of it and this marketing is going to take you 15 minutes to finish off and then you have the time to do everything else like that is yeah. such a good feeling so if you're not live marking or trying live marking try it I mean I don't think we're at the point where we're not doing marking at all because that obviously no. needs to be you need to assess I know people say just don't don't mark but there needs to be some sort of right or wrong involved maybe you don't need to write screeds and screeds of comments like I think that's changed for yeah. the better like you know when I started teaching it was long comments oh my goodness but it's not now yeah it's definitely not um which is which is great it's certainly not with writing our writing has changed there's a lot of live feedback because we're marking it so quickly so that they have that feedback it's not big massive comments every time yeah um which takes away less time but i don't think marking's going to go completely ever because they do need to know if they're right or wrong yeah i mean we spoke to mr p about this didn't we Mm -hmm. uh and his kind of line was you know when he starts his training the biggest thing that takes up teachers time is marking it's still yeah. number one every time he does his training and then he makes the joke just don't mark like that's the way to you know and I, we were laughing having a joke about it and everything that's all very well to say teachers are expected to mark 
So you yeah. need to, like assessment's part of your job. A hundred percent. And to be honest, you need to give that feedback to the children. Now we all know verbal feedback is the best way to give oh, it to yeah, the children, massively. but at the same time, uh, you need to have some kind of proof of that in some ways. Yep. At times as well. So marking's still going to be there, and I think you need to find like what you're saying there ways to reduce that. So live marking is a way that you use. For me, I quite often use this is not reinventing the wheel, but peer assessment, self assessment. Mm-hmm. I'll do, some people I know will do like half jotters one week, half the jotters next week, and they'll flip it that way. So yep. that's the way they get around it. It's like it. self-peer, self-peer exactly. teacher. Or and like they do a rotation kind of thing, which can work well in subjects like maths and maybe they can mark against criteria in yep. writing and things or literacy if it's punctuation and stuff. So there are ways that you can engineer your day to reduce workload. Yep. Um, but I think you've got to be really kind of purposeful about it mm-hmm. absolutely it's not just gonna happen kids bop are going on tour with the kids bop never stop live tour there are 11 dates across the uk all in the easter holidays it's fun for all the family the ultimate pop concert for kids you can head to kidsbop.co.uk forward slash tour for all of your tickets and information thanks for tuning into this week's episode of inside voices come back next week for a festive special and remember in here we use our inside voices